So Greenland sharks are fascinating animals and we kind of refer to them as Swiss Army knife predators because they have a, a wonderful um, list of uh, attributes that allow them to do what they do. I think uh, in my life as a veterinarian and a biologist this has been probably one of the most interesting chapters because um, basically very few people ever get a chance to work with an animal that no one else really has worked with before. We're, we're in a world now that's been explored pretty thoroughly and it's very unusual to find a four meter long predator uh, swimming in shallow water where people occur that hasn't been thoroughly investigated. So that's been the history of what we're doing. So Greenland sharks are uh, referred to as sleeper sharks and they earned that name because they were thought of as being kind of slow moving and sleepy, not very bright, uh, probably more scavengers than anything else. And that's what's in the literature right now. In fact, the interesting thing is that the findings we've, uh, we've uh, discovered over the last eight years has proven quite, quite to the contrary, that these animals that we thought of as the somniosis microcephalus, the sleepy pinhead, if you like, is far from that. These animals are neither sleepy nor are they uh, particularly stupid. And what's interesting is the plasticity of the behavior they show around uh, predation and scavenging. What's rather interesting about Greenland sharks is they act in the deep sea as carcass openers. And when a carcass of a large animal like a whale sinks in the deep sea, it goes to the bottom and it's really going to a meat locker. It's going to an environment where the water temperature is two, three degrees centigrade. Pressures are extreme. There's no light. And sustaining uh, even bacterial activity under those te uh, temperatures and, and circumstances is rather poor. The other thing is that in, the, in much of the deep sea is abyssal uh, plain, and there really isn't a lot of large benthic uh, marine life that would open a carcass like that up. You're talking about little worms and small crabs and animals that just don't have the tools and the hardware to open up a large carcass. So um, the interesting thing is that the Greenland shark does have those tools, and it is known to find carcasses in deep water. If you look at a Greenland shark, they have huge nares. They have incredible olfactory capability, and chances are from dozens or even hundreds of kilometers away, they may track a carcass in the deep sea and arrive at it and start to open it up. And the importance of that is they open up a process of succession. So once the carcass is open, smaller organisms can get into the carcass and begin to uh, digest it and use it as an energy source. Well, Greenland sharks are, are really primarily known from the deep sea. This is where they're primarily been caught in fisheries, is in water continental shelf depth 200 meters or deeper. Um, it's rather rare to encounter these sharks in shallow water, and this is what makes the study site we have in Quebec so unique. Um, when I first became interested in Greenland sharks, the only option for studying them was really up in the Arctic. And the problem we had there was uh, logistics are, are a nightmare there. Anything that you have to ship in is five or ten dollars a pound. Uh, accommodations are expensive, guides are expensive. Um, you really need to have huge budgets to study anything in the Arctic effectively. So when we found a location in uh, Lower Canada, in Northern Quebec, road accessible, reasonably inexpensive local accommodations where we thought we would find Greenland sharks, this was a boon for us. So we suddenly found that we had an extremely rare animal in a location that was accessible and where it was possible to study it rather easily.